So this is going to be a fun one. The potential solution we're looking at this time is Medicaid expansion, which is the most straightforward yet most debated solution to the problem. The opinions on Medicare expansion are pretty much divided alongside ideological lines. Democrats are generally for it, and Republicans are usually opposed. Think back to the episode where he listed off what states chose not to expand Medicaid. We mentioned that most of the states were solidly Republican. We'll get into the politics of the situation later, but to start, Leva, you know what Medicaid is. I think I do. Is my answer right when I say this? Isn't that when uh, the government pays for your doctor's visit when you're older and stuff? No. What you're thinking about is Medicare. Ah. Medicaid is a federal program that was created with Medicare in 1965. Medicaid and Medicare are often confused with each other. So before we get going, I just want to make sure it's clear what Medicaid is and does. The best way to distinguish the two in my opinion is by remembering this little saying, you care for the elderly and aid the poor. With that in mind, Medicare is a healthcare program for elderly people and Medicaid is a healthcare program for people in poverty. Makes sense? It does. That's a really nice way of remembering it though, like aid the poor and like care for the elderly, like that's what you're supposed to do for a government. Yep. So now that we've established the difference between Medicare and Medicaid, let's focus on Medicaid. As we said earlier, it's been around since 1965. And until the passage of Obamacare in 2010, it was essentially limited only to pregnant women and the poorest of citizens. This results in a phenomenon most healthcare experts refer to as the coverage gap. Levi, you have any idea what the coverage gap is? I don't. I'm sorry. Do <laughs> you have a guess? Uh, I would say it's where the coverage gap, you're trying to put a gap on the cost and stuff. No. I'm like, oh, sorry. No. So I have no idea. No, you're good. Sorry to keep picking on you like that, but <laughs> it's just, I figure most people probably don't know these things. Yeah. And so it's good to kind of spell it out. So the coverage gap consists of the large amount of the American population that is too poor to afford regular health insurance, but not poor enough to qualify for Medicaid. Gotcha. So these people were essentially left out in the cold and contributed to large amounts of the uncompensated and uninsured care the hospitals had to take on. So Obamacare sought to expand Medicaid eligibility and the, thus reduce the coverage gap and the amount of uncompensated care hospitals had to take on. Upon passage, coverage greatly increased among childless adults, and to circumvent cries that the cost of expansion would be too much for the states to handle, the federal government took on 100% of expansion costs from 2010 to 2014, and then slowly reduced that number to 90 cent, 90% by 2020, and will continue to whittle that number down as time goes on. When NFIB versus Sibelius made expansion optional, many states decided not to expand Medicaid and thus the coverage gap is still large in those states. This, coupled with the lack of DSH payments, has caused the rise in rural hospitals closures that make up the basis for this project. I probably should have asked this last time I came up, 
But who is the Sibelius guy you keep bringing up? Sibelius is actually a woman. Oh. Kathleen Sibelius was the Obama administration's Secretary of Health and Human Services. So when it came time to defend the ACA in court, she was the one who got their name put on the case. My bad, dude. You're good. Keep going. So naturally then, many people have pushed for the states that didn't expand Medicaid to do so and believe that this will correct the rural hospital problem. Those who argue against Medicaid expansion cite issues such as that expansion would increase the reach of the federal government, not improve medical care, and that expansion would create a massive financial burden on states. As stated earlier, most people who oppose expansion are Republicans, and for Republicans, most proposals that increase the scope of the federal government are vehemently opposed. They argue that expansion would lead to massive tax increases and state the government spending is very inefficient. Such claims are not unfounded. An audit in 2010 found that California spent a massive amount of money on people that didn't even qualify for Medicaid, but they still received Medicaid benefits. Want to take a guess on how much they spent? A hundred millions? Four billion dollars is what was spent in Medicaid wow. on people who didn't qualify. Wow. That same audit found that a Medicaid beneficiary died but continued to receive over $350,000 in Medicaid payments until the oversight was found. Isn't that crazy? I don't even know what to say about something like that, you know? Yeah. So That's a lot yeah. of dinero. Yes. There is also a belief that expansion would decrease the efficiency of the medical system. Doctors notably have the ability to refuse Medicaid patients because doctors don't make as much money treating Medicaid recipients as they would someone with private insurance. In 2011, a study found that 31% of doctors at the time of the survey refused clients that were newly on Medicaid. Those numbers have decreased, but that is still an alarmingly high statistic. The study also found that emergency room wait times in expansion states increased by 10%. This study attributed this increase to the fact that there was a massive influx in insured individuals, but not a massive influx of new doctor's offices or rooms for patients. Thus, many doctor's offices were crowded and individuals were unable to be seen until there was a medical emergency. So while Medicaid expansion might be the most obvious solution, since of course the lack of expansion is what caused this problem in the first place, it's not the perfect solution. That seems both like the simplest way to solve the problem and also like fool's gold in that like it looks great but when like you examine it up close it doesn't look so good like as it did. Still, I mean if that's the best option then you know what? I mean I say full send it like what solution did the other side of the aisle, you know, pushing for? What are they pushing for at that point? So the next episode, we'll be looking at what the conservative counter solution is, economic development. Got but it. just to put a bow on this one, Medicaid expansion, like what do you think about it? In it's, addition to what you just said. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, like, it... It makes sense, like to an extent, but when you really look into it, like it's there's a lot of I guess loopholes you would 
loopholes. I wouldn't say loopholes. Loopholes is just like, like when you look at like the California example. If you're going to do Medicaid expansion, you have to I think reform the system to where there's not so many you can't, people. You gotta keep up, up the, with something. Yeah, slip like, the cracks. Like you can't have over three hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. being sent to a deceased person. Exactly. Like, yeah. you need to be on top of things. Yeah. If that's what you're going to do. If that's your, exactly. If that's your plan, then there's got to be something to tell you, like, okay, if this person's deceased, they're not getting $350,000 or however much it was. Yeah. Or, like, that just, right. that can't a, happen. That literally cannot happen. Those kind of things, like, for a plan to work, those kind of things obviously cannot happen. Yeah, I mean, that's $350,000 that could have been spent on another Medicaid yeah. recipient and it's just a waste and which was really what opponents of this plan are really attacking for is yeah. that it creates waste and the increased like doctors office wait times and response times and things like that that's something too that would really have to be looked at if this plan were implemented and you'd really have to come up with some creative ways to fix it now if we say like we la- mentioned last episode if you did the optimal closures plan and you really like beefed up on hospitals like rural hospitals at least then Medicaid expansion if that were implemented might not see as a great an increase in wait times because there would be more equipment more doctors on board so I mean, that could be one potential way to offset that issue. Yeah. What do you think? Opening up, yeah, more opportunities to open things up for you know for people to be able to come in and whether it's one hospital that has you know different sections to where you know these folks go here, these folks go here. It's a bigger hospital. You have more opportunity. You have more space, and you send in these other things from other hospitals that only increases the the hospital's you know yeah. efficiency. The holdout states. I think one benefit they do have, if they go with expansion, is they have the ability to look at what went wrong with the other states who expanded immediately, and <coughs> they can think of solutions to those problems before they come up. Yes, yeah. it's patient. Yeah. Like the states who expanded in 2012, they were kind of the guinea pigs mm-hmm. to see how it would work and what it would entail. Yep. So now, if I say Georgia expanded. They have that experience to learn from, and hopefully they would see less issues if they didn't pursue expansion. But that's all we have for the topic of expansion. Next week, like we said, we'll look at what the counter plan to this is, which is economic development.